So are we going to review the last episode of Neighbours? <laughs> well, I've been watching my, James, my whole we life. review content. Didn't Guy Pearce come on it? Guy Pearce, yeah. Margot Robbie, Carly Minogue, I love Jason that. Donovan. They all came it's back. got quite the alumni. Yeah, it's a, it's like a it's like a school. Everyone sort of you know, matriculated through and, and graduated on to other bigger things. I don't I don't feel like Corey and EastEnders have the same uh, success rate. I think EastEnders has not a great history of people, but then uh, Himesh Patel from it was in Yesterday. Yes, and, and Tenet. Tenet. In like one scene, well, no, he came in for like the sequence, the big plane sequence, which is yeah, great. Yeah, and, and then he, I was like, "Good on you." This is one shot where him, our Pats, and uh, and uh, what's his face are like in the middle of a square, and the camera's just revolving around. John David Washington. Washington. Yeah. John David Washington. Um, I'll never forget. I was a researcher in TV, and I had been assigned a guest who was on to promote Corrie, and I had to, in the space of two days, yeah. maybe, go through the storyline oh. of Coronation Street. George, you have never ever gone through something that's so much it's kind of like how, what the mcu is going to turn into like <laughs> yeah, when something's is, existed actually, yeah. in so many years so much has happened everyone's yeah. been pregnant Characters everyone's cheated everyone's died and come back to life there's been yeah. like money that's been stolen that's been stolen back and stolen yeah, yeah, back yeah, yeah, again yeah. and like i actually was i've never been so scared to be like i, I don't think i can do this <laughs> i can't break this down i had a brief briefs supposed to be like two pages long yeah. if, unless they're really good i had a brief that was like five pages of a4 and i was like i cannot condense this what 50 years of story lines and forget about 50 years like recent stuff oh, no. and the number of characters but anyway it was just completely out of my depth <laughs> no just to uh just to answer my own question there but yes. we, we we won't be reviewing no not, we haven't ever watched neighbors i remember the theme tune that's when neighbors become do you remember that i think i remember, I remember, I remember watching neighbors in my grandma's flat in her kitchen with a little kitchen tv mm. just as a really young kid yeah and you know and just anything that was on you were watching what's weird is now when you see soaps like neighbors who ha which have very high production uh values and like the cameras are super you know super because they've been going for so long mm. now the cameras they're using are actually like very good yeah um and like casualty now if you watch casualty is like really well shot i don't watch casualty but whenever yes. i've caught it i'm like oh they're shooting this like you know it doesn't look like a soap anymore it's like now because cameras have got so good yeah you don't know they actually look pretty slick yeah tvs have really grainy noisy cameras if you watch um early mm. noughties shows they're yeah. quite cheap you yeah, can tell yeah. it's like, that's not a nice camera the lighting you're like oh yeah cold yeah yeah anyway we're not doing that what what did you want to say i will catch a clip on youtube <laughs> yes sure <laughs> i'll catch a highlight clip guy pierce oh Margaret yeah, Robbie. Isn't that nice? oh, yeah. No. anyway I have a feeling that Black Adam is the most exciting film that could have come out in 2003. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I totally agree. It's I, in the Morbius school of uh, pretending that like we haven't modernized storytelling with comic books and superheroes. Yeah. Just, right? Could, yeah, just, I, I agree. Just contextualize Black Adam for our listeners because I also thought you were about to say Black Adder and I got really confused. No, love Black Adder. Yeah. Black Adam, DC project starring The Rock... And this trailer came out recently. I think there's another one from SDCC. But I looked That's at Comic -Con it. Comic-Con for people. Uh, sorry, Comic-Con. Yes, yeah, I Comic-Con. The big Comic-Con. And I looked at this trailer and I was just like, there is not a single element of this that says it's doing something original, yes. different. Yeah. Like, let's just remember, there have been like 35 superhero films in the mm -hmm. last however many years, you, how, depending on how you count them. 15, 14, 15 Four, years, yeah. yeah. Like, that just did nothing for me. Yeah. And then I watched the Black Panther 2 trailer. Yes. I thought, 
brilliant. Yeah, I totally agree. That, that, I, I, I know exactly, I know nothing of what that film's about, yeah. but I'm so interested. The whole thing was just about emotions, exchanges, yeah. interactions between brilliant, people. Brilliant um, imagery. Tone. Brilliant imagery, yeah. I, I totally agree. So if, if you, Black Adam is this superhero origin story with, really che- with The Rock. Cheesy. I mean, you said 2003. I mean, I was going to, it's the same ballpark, but when I watched it, I was like, oh, I guess we're in 2008 again then. Where two, oh, very blue and orange. Yes. Right? And very like two-tone film. There's serious talking, even though the setting is quite silly. Yeah. And then really incomprehensible action. And just like, just, you know, the trailer's very like, I'm here to do this. Dun, 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 dun. I was raised as a slave, but now I have power. Yeah. I, I just, I, I guess like there's not a single element of that where I go, oh, that could be. No. Or the action looks. I think it's or, like someone discovered an old file on the computer that was how they used to make trailers and old yeah. template, template and they were yeah. like oh we haven't used this in a while we could just do that drop it in there we can get it ready for comic-con yeah let's do that and, and even the rock i'm not anti-rock no i, like I watched rock. him in jungle cruise and he was so charming and i was yes. like yeah it's a success to you sir you can carry a swashbuckling adventure yeah. C- could not get me to watch black yeah. adam because it looks like it's it, they've put him in this vehicle and it sucked all the charm and personality and everything. And he's, he could be any sort of big, yeah. bald, muscly man. I reckon they went, we've got a really average script, average concept. Look, I haven't seen it. It could be amazing. Yeah. Just preface it. It could be amazing. But I reckon they got, we've got a really average thing that we need to do. What if we got the biggest star in the world to be in it? Surely that will get bums on seats. But I, I don't think it will. Yeah, Black Adam trailer looked very kind of, you know, two-tone, like I said. Mm. But I'm not saying I need it to be crammed full of humour because conversely, I also watched the Shazam 2 trailer and I was like, oh, God, stop. Stop with the crowbarred humour, please, for the love of God. Equally silly premise. So much. Right, lazy. It's just lazy on both fronts, right? Mm. I didn't enjoy that. Um, A couple of other good trailers came out of uh, San Diego Comic-Con, though, which by the time people listen to this, you know, San Diego Comic-Con would have been out for a while. So hopefully people have had a chance to see some of the trailers. Uh, I watched the Dungeons and Dragons trailer. You ever been a Dungeons? I didn't and see this. You, no. Are you a D and D guy? Not D and D guy. I've no. never D and D'd it. The most I know about D and D is all from Stranger Things. It sounds is, fun. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a good time. I, I think if you and I were like had time and went went and started to do it, mm. we would love it. Because I like I like you know long two hundred hour RPGs that I play on mm. PlayStation where I like put oils on my blade to yeah. kill the right monster and I like go sure. on little side quests. Yeah. So I, it's not like it's. Oh, sorry. It's not like it's completely. <laughs> beyond the realm of me uh, no, getting involved. And we also, you know, like a touch of the theatrics, James. Yes. And I think that would be, you know, in there. The with the oh, yeah, you and I just Maybe, be... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> um, I cast my spells. But anyway, so, so I watched the trailer for it and uh, it's got Chris Pine uh, mm. as, the, as the main cast and Reggie Jean Page and Hugh Grant as the main villain. And uh, look, I know they've been trying to make a Dungeons and Dragons film for like 20 years. Really? Okay. Um, and I saw it and I was like, again, lots of disposable CGI nonsense, but I have no attachment to this IP. I have no attachment to this franchise. No, it's, no, I would say it's got a swashbuckly vibe to it that you could broadly very broadly say it's kind of Guardians of the Galaxy like we're kind of ga- right. they're thieves in it they're playing thieves but they've done something bad so they're trying to any- anyway but I realised watching it that even though I have no connection to this IP I will watch Chris Pine in most things he he, he does a lot of uh, swashbuckling he swashes his bucks he is he, yeah. he's a well I, you know I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do great voice yeah great eyes good great yeah. hair but great uh, presence really good presence yeah. and he, in this he's kind of playing a you know a uh, uh, Bad but good. They're doing another Star Trek. I've heard murmurings. They're like rumors that that, that Star Trek Four yeah, is in development. It, it would be nice. Yeah, but would, they're all going to look a lot older. Yeah, I mean that was 
six years ago the last one came out. I'd rather pretend like the third one didn't happen yes. and just like go, no, this is Star Trek three. Yeah. I, I wish we because we, we we reboot everything as a society. I wish we could almost like just pretend things didn't happen as well. Wreck on them. Just, yeah. just like that's not canon anymore. <laughs> that was a mistake. What were we thinking? This is Star Trek three. Uh, I also saw the trailer for She Hulk. Did you watch that? Yeah. Attorney um, at Law. Uh, yeah, Attorney at Law. And I'm thinking, great, Better Call Saul spin-off. Here we <laughs> yeah. go. Um, no, um, and look, uh, I think th I think it's this, the over-CGI that's really bugging me. I like the Hulk. But the the Hulk when the Hulk turns into the Hulk, when Bruce Banner turns into the Hulk, mm. he's a big guy. And he like you, <coughs> you accept the CGI because he doesn't look like a person. But this one, she looks like a human. Just she green. Just, just green. Gamora. And CGI green. But Gamora's practical effects. Yes. But this is like CGI green. She's a little bit enhanced. A little bit thicker. And I'm like... Um, no. And then when they brought Tim Roth into it, I was like, really? You're going to reach back 14 years to yeah. bloody Incredible Hulk when we had a different actor we playing Bruce Edward Banner? Norton, yeah. No no one remembers that. Uh, really? How do you feel about the fourth wall breaking thing? Because that is, in the comics, that's what She-Hulk does. Then she breaks through and that's what makes her I'll innovative. give it a go. I'm, I'm open to it if they pull it off. Nothing wrong with the fourth so wall break. Deadpool. You, you really have to... Be careful though with the fourth wall break. Yeah, you can you can do it well. You can do a flea bag. Sense of urgency in your eyes uh, is amazing. You can do a Ferris Bueller, or you can do a Deadpool. Kind of works. Flea mm. bag not always doesn't always work in flea bag. Okay, um, but if she does it, the thing is the kind of like cheekiness of a fourth wall break doesn't really go in hand in hand with the, <coughs> the cheekiness of a fourth wall break doesn't really go hand in hand with the kind of like corporate massive beast of Marvel like pulling all the strings you know what I'm saying it's amazing that we can have one entity Disney Marvel I want to say or even DC like this entity of like comic book movies can, re can release a number of trailers in the space of a few days and there's some of them I go wow look where we've come look at this incredible story we can tell look what, what isn't it fun to be 30 episodes into this really expensive TV show with yeah. everything that I know going into that and yeah. it's saying so little but I'm so in and then there's so many times over the years where I'm like ah oh, there's too much yeah there's too much I am saturated stuff. that's enough now it's it's just i i feel like the, the people cutting the trailers are almost like you know doing the thousandth day at work they just know how to get the same beats doing the thing mm, comedy yeah. there reduced piano theme boom done they all team up at the end money shot yeah legacy actors coming back for the big it sounds very cynical look we, we, we we've done a fair anyway. amount of marvel comic book stuff in the last few weeks and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do it now just have to do it again because we can't not address this news but um yeah a strap in and then surely we'll give the marvel stuff a rest yeah <laughs> So, George, as we said, we had just gone through and very diligently addressed all the directors of the MCU. We did it in two parts. Please go back and listen to them if you haven't. Um, George basically went through all the directors of the MCU, talked about the projects they'd done before, what they'd done in the MCU, how the sort of machine of Marvel had affected it, and where what they've done afterwards, basically. Yeah. And um, I think about a day before we put that episode out, SD San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con happened. Kevin Feige, the overlord of everything comic books, stood out on the infamous Hall H, which is the biggest hall they've got there, mm. and basically laid out the next uh, three, four years of films. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the things I think has been a recurring point that you and I have made mm. in when we've talked about Doctor Strange, when we've talked about... Yeah. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home, and uh, what's the other one that's just come out? Thor Love and Thunder, yeah. was that fine, enjoyable, maybe not so much in some cases. We don't know where, where we're going. going. Yeah. We don't have much to hang on to. I feel like this is a bit rudderless. Um, and I feel like they must have known that because they announced a, a lot. lot. And very far ahead to, to, to keep us on track. To yeah. keep us in like, just want to say as well, like 
I know we did just spend two episodes yes. focusing on, the, on Marvel. We would have liked to focus on other stuff, but then I know. they did. They bloody went and did all these announcements. We're like, we have to kind of talk about it. So George, because, got, because they'll be we'll, they'll be coming out in cinemas for will. the next few years, and we'll be reviewing them. And I feel like it would almost be wrong for us to say, oh, they don't know where they're going, without addressing the fact that we exactly. now have a sense, and I think it would be good for us to react to it. Let's look at the slate. We will rest the comic book stuff yeah. soon. <laughs> we will have uh, our other things. Um, our correspondence next week is going to be like, what what is the MCU? I've never yeah. heard of it. What I is that? that? You didn't actually clarify? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just want to go over some, some broad statements that were made. So we're currently in phase four, yes. right? And he announced the end of phase four, everything in phase five, and early parts of phase six. Yes. Yeah, I, sorry. He announced all of phase six, but there are still some films to be announced in phase six. Yeah, yeah. he announced the end of phase <coughs> six, the beginning of it, and, uh, and left some bits in the middle. Left out. some bits in the middle, because we're getting quite, quite far in the future. Um, and then he also clarified that phase four began with the Disney Plus series of WandaVision, which sort of, again, grounds us in our yes. timeline here. Yes. And I just, uh, just some notes on some statements that Kevin Feige made, which I think are interesting. Um, he discussed what led him to announce this many projects that span such a long time. And he said the studio is, quote, in a slightly different rhythm now. Um, and he sort of credited the presence of Disney Plus enabling them to do more projects in fewer years, which I think is interesting. Because that has definitely yes. changed the game for them, really. Like, there's a lot more For different better. stories mm. uh, to, to be seen. Yeah. We'll, we'll discuss what's coming up. Um, and he said that, you know, Usually they would cap off the end of a of a of a phase with an Avengers film, but now they need to let people know that that's not necessarily going to happen. And here's why. Um, lovely. So so let's just go for the first film that's going to be. I'm going to do it in order of release. Okay. So they started off with Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, um, which is the first film that we're going to get, and that had a lovely tribute to uh, Chadwick Boseman who passed away in 2020, very sadly. And obviously. The film is going to have to address him not being in it. But um, yeah, so it's uh, Ryan Coogler is back mm. directing. We got this trailer, which we already mentioned before. I thought it was brilliant. Mm, I yeah, thought, really, as, really. I don't want to reiterate what I said, but I, it didn't tell me anything about the plot. It was just moments, exchanges, looks, yeah. definitely processing the grief. And I was like, this looks and sounds brilliant. You know what it is to use that really common phrase? It was a vibe. It was a certain yeah. mood. It was a certain tone. And I wasn't someone who was like massively no. all over the first Black Panther. No. But this one was like, oh, I'll be there for this. And the reduced Kendrick theme coming in the mm. end, like everything is going to be all right. Mm. That was fantastic. And uh, yeah, so Ryan Coogler mm. is returning. Martin Freeman is back as the white guy. Yes, the, the token the token white guy. Yeah. I would, I would just say as well, I think it's going to be interesting. I know you said like it was going to obviously be written in and dealing with the fact that Chadwick Boseman and, and T'Challa is no yes. longer in there. I think, you know, a cynical person would say, uh-oh, they probably started production on this film and they had to take a massive um, direction change because, the, you know, he died. But actually, you know, this might work out really interestingly in that there have been films before that in the face of very challenging circumstances and, and, and tragedies have had to change their course, but have actually ended up then as like an interesting creative challenge mm. and produced something very different that wouldn't necessarily have happened. So they are on a certain track with Black Panther 2. Yes. Chadwick Boseman sadly dies, and then they then have to completely rewrite it. And what you actually might get as an end result is something that might be even more um, innovative and cre more creative and more exciting. And, and the, the emotional beats that are happening on screen are yeah. very much more informed now by what we know. Like, I, the, the death of Paul Walker for Fast and Furious right. 7 could have so easily gone really wrong. Yeah. But in a Fast and Furious film, that ending felt great. Ending. great. 
Never even seen the film, passing, but I've seen the ending. Pa- yeah, you've it. seen the ending. Yeah, love you get it. it. Yeah. And, and that, that could so easily have not gone well, yeah. done well, but that's like a, one of the most that's one of the most played songs in the world. Yeah, that plays Charlie Puth. Charlie Puth. Um, yeah, Michaela Cole's back. Angela Bassett. Letitia Wright as Shuri, who's very heavily rumored to be the new yes. Black Panther and Sue. Michaela Cole cool. wasn't in the first one, though. I don't think was she not? No, I, don't I think swear I don't... she was. No. No. Uh, and then you've got Dominique Thorne is going to be in as Ironheart. Yes, and there's a specific right. shot in the trailer where they're smacking a, a piece of iron in the shape of a heart because Ironheart is going to be a, sh- a series later. So we're yeah. going to be introduced to that character yeah. in that film and it will just go on. Um, but yeah, Black Panther World Conda Forever. That yeah, is coming good. out in November 11th this year. Good stuff. Great. Now we're going to start with phase five. So okay. that will mark the end of phase four. And this is going to begin in the 17th of February next year, so 2023. And the first one is going to be Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Right. Peyton Reed is returning to direct after right. having done uh, the, the first two, as we know. You've got Paul Rudd, Evangeline, Lily returning, Michael Douglas. And now here's where I get a bit confused. On the Google list of casts involved, I've got Jonathan Majors as Kang, because I think we're going to start getting yeah. him back. Right. Right? We get, we get Sam L. Jackson, Jim Carrey... Bill Murray, did I miss something about who's in? Firstly, Jim Carrey's a lie. Said he was retired. We had to process his entire yeah, career on this show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, 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 Bill Murray. Why not? Uh, yeah. Samuel Jackson. I get. He's been but, in the other ones. Yeah. yeah. Well, I um uh, maybe it's all just like smoke and mirrors. Uh, who knows? But um, is that like, a, is like I just spoiled a cameo that's not meant to be well, if revealed fact, yet. But then if it's on Google, it's like you know with. You 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 are doing some very amateur sleuthing to to uncover what might be a, a veiled secret. Like, <laughs> the come biggest on. like post credit scene ever. Um, I think uh, and Michelle Pfeiffer will be back in it too. Yes. Um, look, Ant-Man, Quantumania. I like I like it when they indulge their kind of psychedelic, kind of crazy side mm. of them. You know, like they did with Doctor Strange a little bit, and like yeah, Quantumania. That sounds fun. I liked the first Ant-Man, Ant-Man yeah. and the Wasp. I found it a little bit. Eh. Yeah, so uh, I've completely forgotten about exactly. it. Exactly. And this one seems a bit okay. And you got Kang in it. And yes, we'll talk the, about so, the so Avengers Kang film later. The, but was the the villain revealed? Uh, wasn't even a villain necessarily. He was just the main sort of central figure revealed at the end of Loki as being at the center of the time. He had a scene that existence. was like the architect in the Matrix. But I liked that scene. And some people didn't like it, but I liked it. Doesn't it. make any sense first time you watch it. Jonathan Majors is a good actor. He was uh, in this film that called The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which is really odd very very like unique and distinct the way it's mm. told but he he's really playful in it and really interesting and funny and i remember watching him thinking like he's wow. good at loki as well yeah yeah. He had a weird unsettling energy uh, energy yeah. yeah which i like but i like that they will sort of reintroduce him into the films wouldn't have thought, i would have thought i'd see him in an ant-man no, film no that uh, that's the first ant-man film where i'm like yeah okay jim carrey and uh, bill murray so next up in spring 2023, we've got Secret Invasion. Right. A project which is going to be Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury with Ben Mendelsohn yes. as Talos the Skrull. Yes. Uh, what what film was it where it was a post-credit scene? Captain oh, Marvel. Wait, wait, say that again? There was a film where in the post-credit scene, you realized it wasn't Nick Fury. It was that a was Skrull That was Spider-Man version. Far From Home, the second one. Right. Which I didn't like at all because I was like, you're telling me this character that we've been through the whole time that walks and not like Nick, Nick Fury, Fury and acts like him and thinks like him. What, it's just been hiding under a mask? No, no, yeah, no. no anyway, he was off-world in some other place, and I think that is where we're going to be. Kobe Smulders back as Maria Hill. Okay. <laughs> She's the character I, I, that just forget is still hanging around. Was she, she was in Infinity War and Endgame, wasn't she? She had a couple of scenes. She was in the funeral of Endgame. 
That's what she was. She was stood she, at the funeral. Was she not in the beginning of Endgame when like Black Widow is really depressed, Skype calling Rocket? No, no, because she disappears. Marvel. Remember at the, at the end, oh, at the end right. of Infinity War, she right. gets she turned does. into a Hoover. She gets she just hoovered up into dust. Um, yeah, no. Kobe Smulders did an interview where she said, "Quote: This is a darker show. We're going to get deeper into the characters. We're going to see them in new ways, and it's going to be an exciting thriller. And you're not never going to know who people are. Are they a scroll? Are they human? It's going to be a bit of a guessing game." Brilliant. Okay, well, sure. I believe it when I see it. And then we've also got. Uh, Kingsley Ben Adir, Amelia Clark, and Olivia Coleman. Okay. Joining the fight. Um, all right. Okay. I yeah. didn't want to see it, but sure. Lot to be discovered there. Next up in May 5th, 2023. So okay. pretty much call that spring, basically. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Right. So yeah. James Gunn is back. Um, they showed a trailer in that hall, but I don't think the public have been allowed to see yeah. it. Did you manage to find it? No, 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 no. I think, I think they're, they're vigilant on people not filming it. Quite significant. James Gunn is back after having been sort of fired and yeah. then rehired after controversies. Um, and he's very open to announce that this is the end of the story. He said, this is the end. I'm sorry. Some stories have an end. It doesn't mean everybody dies. You've got Chris Pratt ret returning, Karen Gillan, Zoe Saldana, Vin Diesel, Dave Bautista, yeah. Bradley Cooper, Sylvester Stallone, Pom Clementif. Uh, among the new faces yeah. are Mia ba Mia Maria Baklava, Cosmic Space Dog, and Will Poulter, who is going to be playing Adam Warlock, if that means anything to you. I think he's the antagonist of that thing. Um, cool. Yeah, I guess they have to stop guarding at some point. It's expensive to have a, you know... That many people. Yeah, an ensemble cast going through. Um, yeah, I look forward to that. You know, love Guardians 1, bit lukewarm on Guardians 2. Same. Let's just see where it balances out. Um, and, you know, I kind of enjoyed The Suicide Squad. It'd be nice if, if Guardians 3... No, it's not. I was going to say, it'd be nice if Guardians 3 could get a little bit bloody, but it's quite family-friendly, isn't it? It so, is, yeah. I'm um, interested to see how they address the whole uh, past version of Gamora interacting with modern Star-Lord. Because also by that point, it, like the audiences will be like, that's like four years ago we, we were last thinking about yeah. that. Like, you need to bring us up to speed pretty and quickly. The, when the Guardians turned up in Thor Love and Thunder, she wasn't, Gamora wasn't there. Yeah, no, because remember, she's off. She, she went off. Where did she Endgame. go? At the end of Endgame, after all the big battles, she went off. She disappeared, and they were looking for her. I quite like the idea of Star-Lord having to like reconvince yes. us to fall in love with him again. That could be quite cute. Um, also, you, uh, what's obviously happening now, as you kind of touched upon, is the mix between series and films. Oh, this um, Secret Awakening, Secret Invasion? Secret Invasion. That's a series. Guardian, Guardians 3, that's a film. I, I, this is why my slight problem with Marvel is at the moment is this disruption, and I find it harder to get a cleaner narrative and a cleaner mm. through point because you're constantly changing the pace and format and tone. I need a part-time job to keep up with all this. Yeah, but, like, but it's harder to, I think, for the things to coexist because I think a, a TV show has a different feel and tone and, 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 and universe to that of a film because mm. you're spending longer, which means the storylines are written differently, which means the characters are written differently, which means the dialogue is differently, which means the scenes are constructed differently, which mm. means all of that. And then you, then you try and tell me that it's in the same universe. It doesn't always gel. I thought Guardians would work as a TV show because it's sort of got that gang element. Yeah, kind of like planets every week. Of the week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, with no date, but summer 23, we've got Echo. Now, I didn't watch Hawkeye, neither no. did you, but this is going to be the no, Disney I Plus. the first episode and I went, okay, that's, same. that's enough, thank yeah. you. And I, I just did, for some reason, never got back to it. Uh, you know, I like queued it up on a plane. I was like, I'm going to watch Hawkeye on this plane. And I, yeah, I got bored. Um, yeah, it's going to focus on the character of Maya Lopez, a.k.a. Echo, the deaf amputee heroine played by Alakwa Cox in the series Hawkeye. Um, and then what's interesting about this one, if there is something, is uh, Vincent D'Onofrio will be seen as Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. the Kingpin, in the Daredevil show, and which Hawkeye. is going to be coming out. And um, Hawkeye. And Hawkeye. Uh, yeah, I... So uh, he, he was in the first Daredevil show. Then he came in and he was in Hawkeye. 
Right. Then he came and he's going to be in Echo. Right? Oh, I, t- I didn't know he was in Hawkeye. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that and makes sense. And then he's going to be in that. Um, Echo. So you'll also have Charlie Cox coming back do, as Matt Murdock, yeah. Daredevil. Do, do I need to see it? This is the thing. There's a lot of them now. I want to know. I, I want it to be like mm. A side and B sides. Not of, of, an, of, of a of a. You know, when you used to get a vinyl, A side and B side. Yeah. The the films are all A tracks. You have to listen to all those. And all the TV shows are like B sides. They're there for you to enjoy, but they're not essential. They're for side quests. Of the whole thing. Well, like one division, I know you needed a bit of context for uh, Doctor Strange 2, but a lot of that is not, you don't need that to mm-hmm. continue your story. It's a wonderful, yeah, ex- nice. uh, beautiful, yeah. experimental piece of television. It's not a central viewing, though. No. Next up in the 28th of July, 2023. So 2023 is like chock-a-block. I think they're making up for the time of the pandemic and also just like, they're just realizing that they have everyone's attention and they just like, let's just keep going. Build it. Uh, You've got the Marvels, the story of the Marvels, which will focus on the Mm. character Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, played by Brie Larson, and then Kamala Khan from this Marvel, which I haven't seen, but I've heard solid things about. I hear it's very, it's a very very different tone. Okay. But Kamala Khan's a cool character. And Um, Monica Rambeau. Yes. From um, from Division, Because she just got powers at the end because she walked through the filter and she was like, oh, (laughs) well, look at that. Comic books. Um, The film will be directed by Nia DaCosta, who directed Candyman and Little Woods, which I've not seen. I I, I haven't seen the most recent Candyman, but I actually really want to. Yeah, I heard it was good. Um, That Miss Marvel, yeah, sorry, not Miss Marvel, The The Marvels. Um, That's going to be a show, right? No, a film. Are you sure? It's going to be a film. Okay, interesting. So it's, it's a, I, I find it interesting so that they haven't given... It has Cap- a- it's not Captain Marvel 2. Because Captain Marvel 2, 2 came out, and everyone, as, as we talked about last week, was like, oh, that's fine. And also I feel like... Captain was- Marvel 1 came out. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, Captain Marvel 1. And I feel like there was some beef about Brie Larson. I feel like Brie Larson didn't gel with the machine a lot of, of Marvel. And there's we, we don't know. Been, we no, don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying anything, yeah. but I have been pushed on YouTube. A lot of videos being like awkward Brie Larson in interview. So with, many, yeah. And I'm like, okay. And it's hard. And like they really try and like pull out her body language and stuff, which is just like a bit, you know, malicious and like, yeah. come on, like whatever. And I'm we're not here to comment on that. But it's interesting that they've then pivoted to make it like an ensemble film. Um, than, than mm, is it, on, is it ensemble? It's called the Marvels, plural. But how many? Oh, I guess there's three of them. There's three Marvels yeah, in it's there. It's true. It's true. Anyway, next. Too powerful for me. Yeah. Next up uh, in summer 23, no no release date. Loki season two. Looking forward to that. So, really enjoyed the first. Me one. too. So I think that's one of the more anticipated Disney Plus shows. Um, they've gone. They've given no information. Just that Loki, uh, Tom Hiddleston is back, and Sophia Di Martino, who played yeah. Sylvie, is going to be back. Just an interesting thing on that. When uh, Kevin Feige was doing his announcement, if you watch the video, he obviously mm. went out title by title. When he said Loki season two, everyone was like. <laughs> And yeah. obviously, as we talked about before, captive audience. Yes. Right. So they are invested anyway. They are they are Marvel fans. He's preaching to the choir. But when he said, "We've had a great time in Phase Four, introduced you to such characters as so and so and the Eternals," it was like <laughs> crickets. <laughs> you know, just like the Luke, the warmest of lukewarm. Oh. <laughs> Loki season two. <laughs> Is it better to have like a like a few people being very lukewarm than one person at the back being like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like everyone else going. Uh, they've literally given no information, but I'm kind of happy to know very little of that going in. Then we got a bit of a break to, well, break. Uh, till 3rd of November 23, we've got Blade. 
Yes. So Blade is sort of been, uh, it was very ahead of its time. Yeah. Came, but when did Blade come out? Blade one, I want to say like either 1999 or 2001, like that, like really early. Turn of the century. It was post Matrix, Spandex, Blades, Vampires, very sexy nightclub yeah. violence scene. And it's like you get that and X Men and um, Spider Man out yes. of the gate at the early, at the turn of the, the century. First gen. Right. Yeah. Well, well, there you go. Like, it's but, Superman. Wait, it's like, there's like first generation, like Marvel proper. Yeah, because you know DC Batman and stuff around, but this yes, is like, yeah. um, I never, I've never seen any of the Wesley Snipes blades. Um, I think I've had it on as a kid in the background, but I do not know details of of blades. But uh, yeah, yeah, but Mahershali loved Mahershali. Yeah, Oscar, yeah. Oscar winner Mahershali is uh, picking up the blades. Um, he's a half vampire. No, he's not picking up the blade. He's called Blade. I know that's fine. He also uses blades. That's why oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was joke, trying to be really sort of, you know, um, presentary. Uh, but yeah, he was vampire. teased at the end uh, in a post credit scene of Eternals. I had remember. to be, I, yeah, I saw that earlier. I, I, that was lost on me. Is that the bit oh. of Kit Harrington with the sword? I think so, yeah. Because it's not the Harry Styles bit at the end of Eternals. No, there were two. Yeah, there I know. Two. So there's a bit with Kit Harrington and the sword and it like wobbles or something and someone goes, I wouldn't do that. Are you trying to tell me that was... I think so. Yes. This is my problem. If I have to be told that, oh, what's the point? I think I had to know when I was like, did you know about the scenes? And then someone was like, oh, it's a Blade reference. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess. Um, but that is Blade, which is going to be directed by Bassam Tariq, who most recently directed Mogul Mowgli, Ghosts of Sugarland, ah. These Birds Walk. I've, yes. not, I've not seen right. any of them. I have seen Mogul Mowgli, which is an interesting film with Riz Ahmed, which came out almost basically the exact same time as Sound of Metal. And then coming in fall 23, circling back on Black Panther, the Ironheart series. Right. So whatever character we're introduced to in Black Panther yes. 2, or kind of forever, Ironheart will come out from that. The series is about Riri Williams, a 15-year-old tech wizard who creates her own armor suit and becomes Ironheart. Right. She's seen as the heir to Tony Stark in the MCU. Interesting. Williams will be played by Dominique Thorne. Okay. Uh, but Thorne will make her debut character okay. in Black Panther. Um, Okay. Yeah, and then uh, just reiterating the teaser of Black Panther, you had the hammering of the heart showing that there's an iron heart. This was an interesting one, which I thought was quite cool. Um, We're in still in phase five here, right? We are still in phase five. Crikey. We've got Agatha, Coven of Chaos, coming winter 23 slash 24, so probably over Christmas into New Year's. Yeah. Look, I love Catherine Hahn. Oh, can do no wrong. I absolutely adore her. When I heard that they were putting that out, a spin-off, mm from her character who is in WandaVision, yes. who I assume this is gonna be a throwback to when she was in like the Salem- Agatha Harkness. Yeah, when she was in the Salem Witch Trials or whatever. I did just think, <sighs> really? I, I, I a spin-off of a spin-off. Like, are you gonna cut off every single, it's like, it's like botany. It's like they're cutting off every single like spawning leaf of every show. And you get a, a show, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, couldn't it have just be left at that? Do I, am I really invested enough in this character? What, what, when's that coming out? The date scheduled? Winter 23, 24. So, so winter December, 23 January. for a character you saw in like spring, winter 21. Really? Yeah. I, I think it was interesting how much Catherine Hahn got rediscovered through that show. Yeah. She's been around for ages. We talked about her we, with we the uh, underrated actors episode. Yes, we did. We did. Love her. Um, so it was formally titled. Don't watch Agatha. Private Life again. I'm just saying to people. Oh yeah, uh, it was formally titled Agatha House of Harkness, but is now being given uh, a new title. And it is this... Cover Cover of Chaos sounds better. Yeah, and they said the spin-off was announced in 2021, following positive reception of the character yep. from fans. So there you go. We've then got an untitled Marvel movie okay. in this space, which the details are yet to be revealed about. It's going to be released in February 16th, 2024, right? Keep with me because we're going quite far in the future now. Um, so meaning that this will be in phase five. There's rumors that this is- X-Men? Uh, Deadpool or oh, okay. Spider-Man. Because 
in this list, there's no Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. And I feel like, you know, the home trilogy is clearly sort of done, yeah. but I don't think they want to get rid of Tom, Tom Holland. Holland. No. And I have a feeling when there's an Avengers level threat, you're not going to not have Spider-Man in that. Sure. My, my, my first thought for what you do with Spider-Man after No Way Home, spoilers for No Way Home, when he has to make everyone forget who he is and he promises to, it's a beautiful scene, he promises to MJ, like, I will come back, I will force you to remember who I am. And in the end, he goes and finds him in the cafe and decides to not yeah. decide. So you've got this interesting thing where Spider-Man is now going to have to start completely from scratch. I almost want to pick up with Peter Parker six years later yeah. as a grown-up adult, yeah. pick up Tom Holland yeah. six, seven Agreed. years later as a grown-up adult and you do, because they've not done that whole side of it, you do grown-up yeah. Spider-Man. Let him go away off screen for a bit. Yes, rest him. Yes. Um, so I, I don't know, this might not be a Spider-Man film, that's just my theory, but I think it's a weird omission in this catalogue. Yeah. There's a lot of contract stuff they need to figure out with Sony, <sighs> isn't there? I, it'd also be nice if they could bring in like a Miles Morales, like a Spider-Man yes. from a different background who's maybe like, who's been inspired by Tom Holland's Spider-Man. No, yeah. he wouldn't have any memory of him. What am I talking about? But like, That's the thing, yeah. Huh. But, it, but may, maybe Spider-Man never existed in this new world. A new version of that Spider-Man could it could exist. Maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, they're not going to do The Insomniac Marvel games has shown that you can recently do an amazing Miles Morales story that stands up as well as any Spider-Man yeah. does. So I'd, I'd be very, very keen to see that. So that's just a big unknown. Deadpool could be cool. That'd be a way for them to introduce X-Men. Right, because yes. he's 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 a bit of a. Crossover. I'm wondering, does the disruptive tone of Deadpool work in the MCU in the Marvel world? I don't know how you have a sense of gravitas when Deadpool's just going to be like. Also, <laughs> like another, nothing is worse than like um, uh, studio-sanctioned silliness. When like mm. you know, Deadpool was great because he he could go out and do whatever he wanted. Fox yes. didn't give a shit. It's like he didn't need out. permission. Yeah, it was like ah, and yeah. he was poking fun at everything. But it's like imagine doing that, and then the, the Marvel execs then they're going, "That's great, but we're just going to rewrite all your jokes." Yeah. Oh, okay. Because he talks about how like Patrick Stewart and James McAvoy played the same character, but yes. have, even in X Men, he like referenced like yeah. the, the producers of the film. Yeah. Which yeah, it's, it could be too much. Uh, then in spring 2024, Daredevil Born Again. So this is going to be a big series featuring... 18-part eight, season, yeah. 18 episodes marking... Oh, my computer's freaking out. Uh, 18 episodes uh, marking Charlie Cox coming back as Matt Murdock. Obviously, he did a great little scene in uh, No Way Home. Yeah, Vincent and I think he's teased back. in... Daredevil, who's making an appearance in She-Hulk, which is out in a few weeks. Yep. That's going to be... He's, he's back. He got cancelled. He had a Netflix show before yeah. Marvel... Before Disney Plus existed, yeah. right? And now he's back with an 18-part series, which I've not seen. Massive. When Good for him, though, as well, for Charlie Cox, because he probably yeah. was like, oh, great, I'm Daredevil. Oh, I've been cancelled. Oh, wait, I'm back. And like, they're serious about it. They're bringing me in. Cameo in No Way Home, as you said. And yeah. now, like, 18-part series with... Yeah, Vince must be loving life. Uh, did, did, uh, how much Daredevil did you watch? None. I've I not seen any. I've never, not even seen the Ben Affleck one. Oh, the Ben Affleck. Oh, what do I think of the... I don't know what I, I think of I don't think Ben Affleck. people think of it highly. You had um, Colin Farrell, who, would, bullseye. who was Bullseye, who would Killed throw knives, and then you'd get it, and you'd go, <gasps> Bullseye, because <sighs> he had a bullseye on his forehead. Wow. They really didn't know what they were doing with superhero films no. 20 years ago, did they? No, they really didn't. Next up, after Daredevil... In May 3rd of 2024, still with me. Is this still phase five? This is still phase no, no. five. Are you sure? Yes, because oh phase, yes. We've got Captain America, New World Order. Right. And that's so, now who, isn't it? It's, uh, it's um, uh, um, 
This is uh, th so from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You've got Anthony Mackie, Sam Wilson, who at the end of that series was like he kind of was at the end of Endgame, but was like re re crowned as uh, Captain America. This is going to be a film directed by Julius Ona or Onar, who uh, directed the couple of Cloverfield films, Cloverfield Paradox and 2017 Cloverfield, Luce or, or Luce, and the that the girl is in trouble. I've not seen. I, I, I think I've I seen heard, some. I heard the Cloverfield Paradox was really bad. I don't know. Because I liked. Did you like 10 Cloverfield Lane? Yes. I thought that was fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really Solid. Not loved it. Solid. Yeah. Um, and then they did Cloverfield Paradox, and everyone's like, well, there goes that idea. And uh, this is one of the bigger moments of the of the Kevin Feige announcer-thon. Um, but yeah, this is the first time Anthony Mackie will be helming a film on the big screen as Captain America. As Captain America. I thought Captain America when the Winter Soldier was a little bit dry. Well, you and I have talked about how much we enjoy Sebastian Stan as an actor. Yeah. And, and I've since seen Sebastian Stan do some really yeah. exciting and energetic yeah. acting. But in uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, the character of Bucky is a little bit dull. A little bit? He's completely dull. He's got yeah. no personality. He's a, he's a banter black hole. He's just nothing. Banter black hole. He is, he's, he's just like, what a thankless role to be in from Sebastian Stan's point of view. So there was a, there was I, that's a great, why I didn't watch that series. It looked so dry. There was a great therapy scene with, with Bucky and a therapist, which sounds boring as I, as I explain it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a shame. Uh, yeah, how do you feel about Anthony Mackie being Captain America? I think it's fine. Yeah. yeah. I almost wish they could just like, yeah. Next up, don't know what this is, Thunderbolts, July 26th, 2024. Right. So I, this is yeah. featuring a band of Marvel supervillains causing mayhem. This right. was actually announced uh, last month, but the officially titled Thunderbolts uh, says that Phase 5 will conclude with this film. Okay. We don't know much about it, but it's, as I said, several supervillains coming together. The most famous of them is formed by Baron Zemo, which Daniel Brühl played in Civil War and right. in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, okay. who had a bit of a character turn in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. He became a comical right. character. Is he be bad again, is he? Um, I think it'll be like bad good. It'll be like a suicide. Okay. I've got no idea. Suicide Squad, uh, maybe. It's okay. good to be bad. Um, and that'll be directed by Jake Schreier, who directed uh, a couple of films, but he did Paper Towns with. Oh, with Cara Delevingne. Cara Delevingne. I'm sorry, I don't Nick have more recent. Alex Groff. I always forget. Yeah, one of them. Uh, the guy who's in. Uh, well, which one was, was in Hereditary? Hereditary. Which one? I think it was Alex Groff was in Hereditary. I Alex think it was Groff. Nick Groff was in. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, one of the cross. So that's phase five. Packed phase. God, I mean, we exhausted. I, I mean, that's... And what, how, what date did we go up to so there? So that, that Thunderbolts takes us up to July 26th, 2024. Crikey, okay. So well, but though, you say that, actually, that two, two years. That's not... That's not... Two years is not that far away. That's a lot of films. But that's a lot of content to get through in that time. Basically, every two to three months, two to four months, we've got a Marvel thing or a TV show. The, That's a lot. The press circus of Marvel must just like never end. It's just like they, they are always promoting, promoting the next one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then into phase six where we don't have, mu we don't know much. Well, this was also the big thing at Comic-Con where like typically they would announce one phase at a time, right? Yeah. And this is what we were saying earlier about like clearly to keep people on, on the hook because they were like, we want, you know, to, st to stay involved, stay online. They said, we're going to give you phase six as well, right? Summer phase six. <laughs> It's like when Apple's like, we're going to show you one more thing. Yeah, the yeah. new Apple Watch. Uh, so the first film of Phase 6 will be Fantastic Four, which is going to be released on the 8th of November, 2024. Right. This was sort of unexpected, but also a little bit expected because no one knows where Fantastic Four is, but spoilers for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, we saw an iteration 
of yes. John Krasinski as uh, Mr. Fantastic. Which has been like a fan favorite online for ages, right? Yes. I think even you and I talked about it before. I mean, everyone knows that the Marvel had the rights to Fantastic Four, so everyone's been talking about it. I think it'd be great if I don't want to see their origin story. I don't need to see them going into a reactor, right? Yeah. I think it'd be nice if it's like a bit, not like The Incredibles, but like they're on the run. And they're, and they're yeah. like they're under they they they're under secret identity. We're like a bit like witness protection. Yeah, they're living under witness protection, and then they're slowly being hunted. And I'd like the idea of like that that balance between they're being a normal family, but then they also have these like powers and maybe. Well, this whole thing with Kang and multiverses and tears through time, like they could and Reed Richards is the scientist who does all that kind of stuff. Oh. They could burst through any scene and kind of be there. But yeah, exactly what you said. Kevin Feige explained that the Fantastic Four film will be a story we've never seen before. Quote: A lot of people know this origin story. A lot of people know the basics. How do we take that and bring something that they've never seen before? Uh, and, you know, just to reiterate, we've seen two iterations of the Fantastic Four on film. We've got the original ones with uh, Johan Griffin and uh, Jessica Alba yeah. and Jamie. Is it? Jamie? No, 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 no sorry. No. That was another one. And Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Uh, pre, yeah, and yeah. Michael Chiklis from The Shield. <laughs> yes. Right? Uh, and then you got Fan Four Stick. Which is meant to Josh I've never Trank. seen, but I know you told me about it. It's meant to be awful. Right. Absolutely yeah, awful. Uh, it's like huge, huge production problems on that. First, Reshoots. First everything. 20, 30 minutes is like normal film, and then it just completely yeah. falls apart. Yeah. Second half, especially. The only good thing to come out of Fan Four Stick um, was that Jamie Bell met Kate Mara and they got married. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that literally is the only good thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Next. <laughs> they, they get divorced. They're the one. And that is all, I mean, look, phase six is fairly spotty, but what they did announce, uh, he basically Looking had very this far big black screen and then two A's, Avengers logos, threw up. So we're going to get Avengers five and six. The first one is going to be, following Fantastic Four, will be Avengers the Kang Dynasty on the 2nd of May, 2025. Okay, okay. so we're going a year ahead now. And then... Only six months later, we're oh. going to get Avengers Secret Wars on the 7th of November, 2025. They're doing it in the same year. Same year. Because remember, Infinity War and Endgame, we had a year apart. I wouldn't be surprised if that changes. I Do wouldn't be think? surprised if, if, the last, if, if Secret Wars gets slipped into the next year. Yeah. You don't think they want to keep the iron hot and just go like, we're still here, go Ma see uh, it. Keep the iron hot? They've been, they've been <laughs> just pumping us for <laughs> the content for 15 years. They've been slow years. roasting us. Yeah. Um, but then I, but again, because of the balance sheets, they probably, if they probably if we've budgeted it for this now, <laughs> yeah. so we can't push it into next quarter. Um, that is mad that it's going to be two in one year. Um, mm. We have no no clues on plot at all, I assume. But obviously, Kang, Kang Dynasty. So Kang will be the big villain. But interesting that it's not Secret finishing Wars. with Kang. Well, I would say Dynasty, by the way. You say Dynasty. 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 I would say Dynasty. Dynasty, okay. Dynasty sounds a bit trashy. Like that, like, that, like that show, Dynasty, remember? Dynasty Warriors, Dynasty Warriors. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, Kang Dynasty. And then you have Secret Wars. I wonder how... Because look, an Avengers project for Marvel at this stage represents a 2 to $3 billion payout, doesn't yeah. it? It's a $500 million cost give or take, mm. and you get, you print, you print money. But I wonder how you are going to create a sense of threat and scale that mm. is going to feel big enough to justify its existence, but different enough from what we had before. Because Thanos wanting to erase 50% of the everyone yeah. entire universe is about as big as it gets. Well, we should say that, the, that when Kevin Feige announced those, that last bit mm. with the Avengers thing, he said this is the culmination of what we're now calling the multiverse the saga. Multiverse saga so yeah. the other one was the Infinity Saga, and this is the multiverse saga. And I first thought was, that seems a little post-rationalized to me. That's a little bit like, we didn't really know where we Didn't were going. So Let's just, yeah, yeah, we're doing, it's yeah, all yeah. planned. Don't worry about it, it's all yeah. planned. It's, it's multiverse saga, oh, we, we knew the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, the Infinity Saga was from 2008 to yeah. 
2019. That's 11 years. I know you could say that the Infinity stuff only started to come into it with the Avengers right in 2012. But please, they were building it from 2008. Um, Uh, uh, No, sorry. No, because you've got the Iron Man arc and everything, right? You're telling me now, so this multiverse is being from WandaVision 2021, four years. They've That's why they need to get a move on and get Kang in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So, so they're building in this narrative now for four years. But like the fact that it took 14 years, uh, sorry, 11 uh, years before was what made it so good. It yes. justified its payoff. But this feels- But we get more, more movies in, in the same amount of time. But it's, you still need time. But the breathing time between those, yeah, those projects that has been lost now is is You need people on podcasts to discuss theories for years. Yes. And you need comments and reaction videos. We've just lost loads of episodes because of them. <laughs> yeah. um, and- also, I think what's interesting is like when we said, okay, there's going to be a Avengers film in three years. What's the lineup going to be? We kind of knew who would be turning up. Yeah. In the Guardians will find a way So over. this is like uh, Fantastic Four, maybe X-Men, maybe Spider-Man. Well, that, was, that was what I was going to say. Big, big blank, big blank, uh, big gaps in this, as I said, with Spider-Man and then X-Men. Do you think they need to start killing off more characters as well? Killing off more characters. Uh, yeah, does that mean, does that sort of mean that everyone's going to be in for the fight? Therefore, there's no sense of threat for any of the films. Well, they're not going to die because I know they've got a fight in the end. Well, there's an alternate version of them in another reality that we can just pull through. It's like, does like does Thor have a place in Avengers five and six? Maybe Do you know what I mean. Maybe that's where he goes. You know, like Avengers Endgame ended with Iron Man dead, Captain America back in time, right? Yeah, maybe the next Avengers will end with Thor dying. Thor dying. And that's the end of him. And to be fair, you know, 40, if he does 14 years as yeah. Thor, Chris Hemsworth staying in shape for that long. Yeah, it's inc- crazy. Incredible. But like, maybe that'll be it. Maybe he'll be like, yeah, that's my time to, to, maybe to, he'll, to hang up my hammer. He'll come axe. in in Avengers 5 and die at the end. Yeah. He'll be like, these, uh, you know how, also, in, I think the same about Mark Ruffalo. They're like, they're like the yes. senior year. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other two have graduated. Now the like, new class need to come yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, you know, I, the format of Infinity Wars that they lost at the yes. end of that film and in the end game was trying to get it back. Yeah. And that's why it worked. Because you can't have them win twice. Sure. Are they gonna, uh, they're obviously not going to do that again. What? Where do we find ourselves? Is it going to be more? Maybe the reason they're doing it six months apart is because it's going to feel less like two films and more. Part one, part two. A big part didn't one, the Matrix part Reloaded and Revolutions, they came out in the same year as well, I think, didn't they? Oh, I think they did, and maybe yeah. Maybe Kill Bill one Maybe two. a year apart, but, but it like, could have been... I mean, that's what happened with Affinity War and Endgame, basically just under a year apart. But if they do it in the same year, it's in calendar mm. year. Interesting. Maybe there's a reason for that. It could end like a Hobbit film or a Lord of the Rings film. Like, just... Would, would you love it Like if, it, if it's like Kevin Feige is like absolutely like burning through all the ideas he has yeah. and it ends as soon as like... Um, Avengers Secret Wars is released. It ends with him being like handcuffed by the IRS and like he's bankrupt. He's like used all the money and he's just like, that's it. The Kevin Feige era is over. He's put into a cab, bundled away. And it's like, what? Ha- but Kevin, what, what uh, happens I'll, now? It's I'll like, reboot Iron Man. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> drags out the cinema. His nails scratching. <laughs> yeah. Demons um, from hell, like glory. Just, people just standing in like Hall H, like not knowing what to do. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that joke makes any sense. In my head, I did as robots and beef. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So there you go. I mean, look, uh, if you were ever in a place to say that there's too much comic book content, Imagine it's that. not going anywhere, at least for the next three years confirmed. How do you feel about that many films? And that's not all of them, but how does that make you feel about the projects, about the, the characters, the heroes? It doesn't thrill me with massive confidence. Like, I, I'd also... It's like, yeah, it's like, it's what, bloated. there it is. Less is more. I mean, obviously they're a money-making machine. They've got to, they've got to mm. do business. And... You know, I'd like to stick with it. I'd like to see where it goes. But like, there Some was the a real, you know, they did really well with the previous saga and they managed yeah. to land it. 
Will they do that with this one? What Marvel projects so far haven't you seen? Hawkeye? Yes. Miss Marvel? Yes. Some um, Daredevil, but I don't know how you count that. No, let's not count that. Um, uh, I won't watch She-Hulk, probably. Like, I'm just Not because I don't want to, but th- it's just too much now. Yeah. It was one thing to ask me to go to the cinema every three months to see, you know, or, or four mm. times a year to see a Marvel film. Now it's like, yeah, you still have to do that, but you also have to... You know, dedicate your week to the this TV thing. show's I, time. I, I'm sorry, I, I'm going to need people to either write into the show or in person. My friends have to be like, "Oh no, She-Hulk, it's great." No, 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 no. Yeah. give it a chance. Exactly. I'm have yeah, to have, have a to few really minutes. argue for it because time is time is precious. Well, there you go. That was just a breakdown of the SDCC announcerthon that uh, our overlord Kevin Feige gave to us. I'd love to hear what you thought. If you had any impressions of what you think might happen or any theories about what that untitled film is, please write in to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com and we'll read it on the show. That's the only thing we're going to do that's uh, comic book stuff for the next few weeks. We're done now for Marvel. We've given them enough plug. (laughs) That's it. Okay. We're ready. Genius. They get all the airtime. Yeah. Um, next week, we say that next week, Kevin Feige sat right here. <laughs> yeah. On the Kevin, show. Kevin, so great to have you. Oh, my God. Uh, yes. All right, George, let's go through some of the emails that we got this week. If you want to write in the show, you can do by emailing hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. Please write in with your questions, your thoughts, your queries, your ideas for segments, and we'll read yeah, them Yeah, and I just want to say at this point, I mean, I haven't, well, but maybe I should say this after we've <laughs> yeah, these out. Sorry. But, like, we really do enjoy having your emails come oh, into the show. the best. It really does keep us going, and we love hearing from you, and it's, it's, like, it's kind of like why we do it. We want to have a debate, want to help people coming up with, um, so just thank you. Keep them coming. This first one is from Ole. All right, lads, really enjoying the proper, decent podcast. Saw you talk about your favorite Disney films and was curious of your favorite animated films in general. Some of my personal favorites some of my personal favorites would be Your Name, Howl's Moving Castle, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, as well as many of the classic Disney films such as Ratatouille, interested in your takes. All the best, Ollie. I mean, that's a whole episode right there. It's a whole do you want to episode. Do it as an episode? No, let's just continue. Let's have a discussion about it now. Um, well, hard to know, but I know that I'd, li- I'd like to come out with a lot more grown-up answers, like Not really Walt- thought about Walter it. Bashir, which I haven't seen, mm. or Bisopolis, but... Um, into the Spider-Verse. We so love good. Love that's getting a sequel as well. Um, rightly so. I mean, Pixar, also love, of course. Um, what, what's your favourite Pixar I really film? like Incredibles 1. It I feels like really that. grown yeah. up for a, a film that's family-oriented. It's not a child's uh, film, but it's like, it feels mm. like it's meant to be for children, but it actually feels quite... It's like about an adult relationship mm. that's falling apart, but also you have to bring it back together. I think Monsters, Inc.'s pretty great. Yeah, oh my God. The, the Monsters University was such a bad step for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, what an uninteresting take on that thing. Just completely un- un- uninteresting. But, but when I, but when it, sorry, when I think about Monsters, Inc. now, I, I think of like how it felt with Boo when he finds the scrap mm. of the door and... Scientists who like study quantum theory. Yes, like, that's, you, that's a really that's how you, a, yeah, yeah, that's a really sorry. accurate way to describe. We've been doing this holes. podcast <laughs> yeah. a length of time. I've now heard every we repeat one of your terms. opinions three times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Finding Nemo. Oh God, I don't even know where oh, to start. Finding Nemo is great. Yeah, and Toy Story is great. And Toy Story Two is great. Does Toy Story Three? Does great. Shrek One hold up? Um, oof. Digitally or <laughs> no? I'd say it probably is aged in the visual effects. Uh, realm. The thing is, I've seen Shrek so many times; it's almost beyond me being able to comprehend. Uh, yeah, uh, properly. You've probably not seen it for ten years. 
Yeah. I remember Shrek sweeping through my primary school. And everyone yeah, being yeah. like, you've got to see Shrek. And I was like, what is a Shrek? I know. But and then, yeah. I vividly remember going to see that, seven years old. I told this before where it yeah. was out in the cinema for so long that it was like about to come out in Blockbuster and it was still in the cinema. Like, you were like, how had, is this possible? Yeah, it like caught up with its How did window. they bring the film over to Blockbuster? <laughs> they need time to print it out and write. Somebody <laughs> yeah. once told me, yeah. They just stick their, their pinky in the VHS and, <laughs> and like rotate it. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. I, 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 I'd be here stuttering and mumbling all day about what my favorite animation is, but we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. That's a great episode idea. This one's from Tom. Hey, I love the pod and the takes you have on a lot of films. Thank you, the Tom. one thing I wanted to find out is, do you guys have a film that you know the layman would find poor, but you love it? Love the pod. Keep doing what you're doing. Love, Tom. Interesting question. So, so layman would find poor, so, so like but you your love average, it. Like your average man on the street wouldn't enjoy, but, but us... Uh, maybe if you're a seasoned film watcher would enjoy. Okay, let's try and refine this. Is okay. there a film that like you've had to convince very, very, very casual film watchers to be like, no, it is it is actually really good and it's not being me being a snobbish film like Anorak here. Like I, I genuinely do think this is good. Have you got one that comes to mind? <laughs> no, I mean, probably loads, but like... Because that is kind of our life, trying to convince people that actually... No, this is good. This is actually good. And it doesn't it's, take a degree in film to understand this. It's more someone hasn't seen something and it might not be appealing to them. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, give it a chance. Yes. It lo might look like this, but actually it's great. But I can't think of one that comes I mean, to mind. It's a bit like what we did with the underrated ones when we said like, you know, we said like Deepwater Horizon looks like this kind of film, yeah. but it's actually this kind of film. Do you remember when we talked about how the Tree of Life has this phenomenon of being the number one film on a lot of listicles online? Yeah. And how that actually might be quite an unappealing Terrence Malick film that you could roll your eyes at. Yeah. But if you gave it a chance and yes. you're in the right state of mind and you're kind of okay with the dinosaur drinking that... water from a stream for 80 seconds, yeah. maybe you can enjoy it. I think that's, that's the answer. Because a lot of my friends would be like, that's really pretentious. This is slow. Oh, yeah. On paper. On it's paper. Not, it's a hard sell. What's it about? Uh, it's uh, vignettes through time yeah, with floaty. family, childhood, uh, formative experiences. Yeah. But that's not a bad film if you... Uh, that's the thing. It's, it's more films that haven't been given a chance. If you're open to it, if you just open your arms, the tree of life, you'll, you'll love it. Yeah. Mm. Sorry. Good question. Good, really good question. Good, yeah, <laughs> nugget of an idea about. in there. Yeah. Um, this, Daniel's just said, hi, Pulp. As if, like, that's... You your know, your Pulp. First name. <laughs> George Pulp <laughs> and James Kitchen. Kitchen. Loving the podcast. Finding myself on Wednesdays and Fridays. Keep checking Spotify and YouTube to see you have if you've uploaded a new episode that's yet. That's a true fan. That is... That. They know when we I upload. I salute you, sir. I love that. Um, with streaming services taking over, gone are the channel flicking to find something to watch. <laughs> I'm imagining this, <laughs> imagining this being read in 1930. Yeah. Read. With the streaming services taking over, gone are the channel flicking to find something to watch. <laughs> Hitler's troops march through the right... <laughs> That's the, yeah, that's it is, the it is, yeah. you know, when the old Pathé news used to go yeah. to the cinema and you would just yeah, Pathé yeah. news, yeah. Um, <laughs> looking wisely to watch. And with this technique, I've stumbled across a few movies I may have not watched if I did. Just wondered if there are any movies you have accidentally stumbled across that you love. I have three: Tremors with Kevin Bacon, Battle Royale, Everybody mm. Wants Some. And that's from Daniel. That is a really interesting question. The, I, I do think, I see what you mean. Mm. The idea of like flicking through. Because we've lost that. We have lost that. The only equivalent is flicking through the carousel on Netflix and seeing the preview and going, well, maybe I'll give that yeah. a go. But it's not the same as catching a film halfway through and sticking with it. Actually, the second half of it. What I, I don't, I can't remember ever 
doing that because I also think that if I start, if I flick through and I saw a bit of a film that I thought this looks interesting, I would stop, look at what the like, look up in the TV guide what it is, and then try and watch it from the beginning because mm. I don't know what you think halfway through. But I think on a similar vein, on a, the cousin of that idea, is like basically what random film have you just seen? Like, yeah. uh, do, do you ever have that when you're like, I've seen like a really random film, and I think I've got one or two answers for that. There's a film. <laughs> I watched called, what's it called? Mar- M- Miracle Mile, right? Okay. No, no I don't, don't expect to hurt. I, I, I read an article on it. Uh, uh, I read a, like a, a DVD re-release article on it in like Empire, like five years ago, maybe. Or maybe it was even Sight and Sound. I can't remember. And I remember thinking, huh? uh, what? That sounds mm. crazy. And then I added it to my watch list in Letterboxd, forgot all about it. One time I'm on Netflix and I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting, what do I watch tonight? And I'm going through my watch list and I find this film Miracle Mile. I'm like, what's that? And I Google it and it says, you know, it's on Netflix. I was like, really? This is a random film. And I, and I put it on just to contextualize why this film is random. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really have anyone famous in it. It's got Goose from Top Gun. Right. It's made in the 80s, right? Yeah. Maybe two years after Top Gun. And uh, Anthony Edwards is in uh, Los Angeles, right? And oh, it's really, really high concept, weird film, right? Yeah. And quite low budget. Um, he is in Los Angeles. He's on his own. I think he's in like a band and he plays playing in a band and uh, like, you know, like a brass band. And he like strikes up like a, a friendship with this woman who's like look, watching him, right? And yeah. like they, have this, like, they have this chemistry and they're like hanging out together and they have really, really good fun. And they agree to meet later at this diner, right? Okay. And he goes away. It, it, this is so strange. He goes away and goes back to his apartment. He, he decides to sleep a little bit before before meeting that evening right stay with me okay yeah, stay I'm with, with me outside the building someone smoking a cigarette drops the cigarette a pigeon swoops down picks up the cigarette takes it to its nest where it starts a fire where it then the fire spreads and sets off the um, final destination yeah, sets off the like um the electrics next to the telephone pole and just disconnect oh, it creates a power cut in the building right, right? And obviously, because it's the 80s, his alarm cuts out, whatever, boom. So he wakes up like six hours later. He wakes up like near midnight and he's missed the whole day, right? He sees the clock. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. So he like races across down to this diner, right? Yeah. I, I can't, <laughs> this is such a weird film. <laughs> and he's like, and he's there and it's like all neon and you've got these like just weird types. It's like, you know, the dead hour of, at this diner. Yeah. And he's he's got this girl's number and um, there's a guy, I think, in the phone booth. Oh, no, forget that. There's a phone booth outside and um, he's waiting to like call her or something. But the phone, the, basically the phone rings in the phone booth and he, and he answers it because he thinks it's her. And that's, I think he's made the call in the phone. Anyway, stay with me, please stay yeah, with yeah, me. Okay. He answers it and it's like a young guy, a young soldier being like, dad, it's all kicking off. It's coming, man. They're coming. The missiles, they're coming. And he's basically saying, you've got to get undercover now. The missiles are coming. You, you, we haven't got enough time. And then Nancy Edwards is like, what, what, what do you mean? And then the soldier realizes he's misplaced the call. <laughs> he's placed the call to the wrong thing. He's called a fucking telephone booth. And he's like, oh no. So Anthony Edwards has just heard that the missiles have launched, right? Yeah. World War III is about to happen. And it's like, oh, what do I do? And then he decides to go and, and find the, the, the woman, right? The fine woman. He sort of knows where she lives. And then he, there's this like, it all takes place over one night. Stay with me. I'm with you. 
And he like commandeers a vehicle. There's weird bits like this. And, and like he's got to try and get his diplomacy. He meets her. He's trying to convince her. There's a bunch of old people in it. There's a bit where like there's a. She's like pe- you describing a dream. I know. <laughs> that's what it feels like. And all the meantime, I'm watching it like, okay, okay. Um, and, and, and then there's a bit of the petrol station where someone gets set on fire with petrol. And there's like, police shoot people. And then there's a car goes through a shop window. And all the while, it's like slowly getting lighter and lighter. And you're getting closer and closer to morning. You're, get, you're realizing you're getting closer and closer to these fucking missiles coming, right? And um, uh, apologies for swearing. Um, and, 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 you, and, and you're like, where is, where is this going? And then in the last act, in the, the third act, it just gets so crazy with the imminent, imminent dread and threat of these missiles about to hit that like, I'm, like carnage, like looting, like just crazy stuff, mania, complete mania. Anyway, and then it goes on and, uh, and kind of ends <laughs> and eventually, right? Right, 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 right. But it is, it is filled with such confidence and a belief <laughs> in what it wants to do. I and like that. It's, and filled it's such, with confidence. Yeah, and such a weirdly specific film that I have to say, especially in that third act when people are going crazy, you do get this like oddly palpable sense of like, oh my God, what would you do if you, you knew it was coming? And yeah. people would just be freaking out. It does unlock something. There's actually mm. this really good tracking shot where he's like, basically this riot kicks off because people are going mad. And he's like crawling under these, uh, it's a traffic jam of cars. He's like crawling under the cars and you get this cam shot. You've got like people falling down dead next to him. You see people scuffing, fighting, bottles smashing. And I'm like, huh? And that's not even the end of the film. Anyway, so now cut to the present. That is a film that I've never heard anyone talk about. No, never heard of it. I've never seen uh, mentioned anywhere else ever again. I don't even think it's on Netflix anymore. And sometimes (laughs) I will just think, that was a random film I watched. Yeah. That was a really random film. You saw film. it through. You I saw it, it and I've got... No, I, what can I do with that film now? It's in my head. Nothing. It, it's like it's like uh, the end of Titanic when Jack only exists in the mind of Rose. It's right. Because like, he died on the ship and he had no family. Like, And everyone else from Titanic is dead. Sure. Like, one day you will be on your deathbed. <laughs> that film will only exist yeah. with you. And you were like, it exists only in my memory now. And you'll have to pass it on to your great-grandchildren to to the way you have for me. <laughs> it's bonkers. It's not bad. It, I actually, if you people do get a chance to see it, watch it for just I'm how- I'm sure a lot of people are sold. Just, just <laughs> how weird, and I hope I haven't given away too much, but just how weirdly specific and, and, and niche and, and bizarre and just- Oh, the whole thing is. I don't think the director made another film. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, to answer that, that is probably the most random thing, equivalent maybe to flicking through a channel. Jesus Christ. Um, I usually find the process of flicking through the carousel of Netflix fairly unrewarding. Yes. And it usually, like, the typical thing is there's everything here, but nothing I fancy watching. There is one film which I did end up watching, which I'm just going to check the title of because I can't remember. So I was flicking through Netflix once and I came across this film called Observe and Report with Seth Rogen. Yeah. It is a 2009 Seth Rogen film that is sort of pre him being famous, but also like as he's properly coming up. Yeah. And I remember seeing this this film on Netflix and being like, Seth Rogen, Observe and Report. I've never heard of it. He plays a mall cop. He plays a mall cop, but like very weird incel-y cop. And I remember being like, this is just a... Seth Rogen film that I've not heard of, not mm. seen. And it's like, it wasn't that, that, at the time, it wasn't that old. And I was like, oh, what Seth Rogen film. Watched it. It's not funny. I didn't laugh. Right. But it's just this slow film that I would never have, would, it had that phenomenon of, of it was yes. on, therefore I watched it. Yeah. I was confronted with it. And I was like, Seth Rogen's funny. 
And then you I'll watch that. And just this must have been. I know. I know. I, know, I remember this film. I've not seen it, but I know it because it came out at the same time as another film which I haven't seen. I don't want to see, which yeah. is Paul Blart. Paul Blart, Blart, Blart with Kevin James. <laughs> Who would have thought two films about a mall cop? I bet they were all just furious they, when they realised the other one was coming they out. They made Paul Blart mall cop too, as Dude, well. Too. Yes, they, they, they did. One. They did. Um, anyway, there anyone you go, mate. can vouch for? Yeah, uh, ish. It's, it's a fairly mixed reaction to the Netflix Carousel. Overall, overall, it's not great. This one is for. Uh, Oscar writes in to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. He says, hello, guys. Hope all is well. At the beginning uh, of your... Things are well. Thank you, Oscar. Yeah, yeah, things are well with yeah, you too. Yeah, it's fine. It's been good. At the beginning of your most recent episode, George was praising Copenhagen and Denmark. Being yes. half Danish and visiting my grandparents ah. in Copenhagen this summer, I couldn't help but have a smile on my face. I was wondering what you have seen and think of Danish cinema. I yes. think the film... I like the film wave of Dogma 95 and directors like Thomas Vinterberg and Lars von Trier. Mm-hmm. I was also wondering if you have watched Thomas Vinterberg's Another Round with Mads Mikkelsen. I've heard it's great. Uh, a personal favorite of mine. I've been the podcast for a while now keep up the great work from oscar thank you oscar this is a current theme where people are like do you love the cinema of that one country you (laughs) went to for three days um well funny enough um i don't know a lot of danish cinema but i have seen one last one film and i have seen one thomas vinterberg film i haven't i haven't seen another round like you i've heard it's yeah i've heard heard it's it's brilliant so i really need to catch up um, the last one film I've seen is Melancholia. Have you seen that? Uh, I've seen bits of it. Right, because that came out in the same year as The Tree of Life, and it was like the other uh, cosmic mad thing. The, the premise of Melancholia, bit funny actually, off talking on the back of Miracle Mile about like imminent total existential destruction, right? Yeah. In that Melancholia is um, the story, it's, it's also at a wedding, it begins with the wedding. Kirsten Dunst is getting married to Kiefer Sutherland, yes. right? And Charlotte Gainsbourg, I think, is her sister. And Charlotte Gainsbourg's in a lot of Last One Tree. Yes, yeah, they like. Um, and the premise is that basically there's there's a, a collision. They, Earth is on a collision course with another with a meteor, I think it is, uh, or maybe it's even another planet. Or like it's just it's on a it's on a collision course with something, and um, it's like the backdrop to this like very doomed um, domestic drama that's happening on Earth. And at first they're like, oh, it might not happen. It might you know, it's just sort of like a it's like an omen in the sky. And meanwhile. Kirsten Dunst is having this wedding and this marriage and she's just it's just not going right. Oh, and Alexander Skarsgård is in it. It's the yeah. first time I saw him. Um, and not, she's great Not Stellan. No, no, Alexander. Alexander. And um, Kirsten Dunst is, is fantastic in it and she, she sort of slips into this very sort of catatonic it. depression. Um, and the second half of the film is really more about Charlotte Gansberg and... Um, I like the fact that Kiefer Sutherland is just just a supporting character in it, like just like quite a famous actor, yeah. just being used in a different way. Um, but I remember, I mean, I, 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 but I remember really getting that sense of dread and really being engaged with it. And it's dark and it's strange, and you get these a bit like in the, the Tree of Life, you cut to these massive CGI shots of planets smashing into each other, yeah. and then you cut to like domestic level, you know, drama. Very interesting, worth watching. Fantastic poster where um, uh, Kirsten Dunst is like, li- it's a bit like that, that pre-Raphaelite painting, but Ophelia in the pond, you know, yes, with the yeah, water, yeah. right? Yeah. Wonderful. Um, so that, that, that's quite cool. And then I haven't seen another round, but I saw Thomas Vinterberg's other film called The Hunt. Have you ever seen that with Mads Mikkelsen? No, I've also heard that's great. Really good. So The Hunt is about uh, this sort of um, Danish a town, a quiet, polite, nice town, where uh, Mads Mikkelsen is a teacher, and he gets incorrectly, uh, he gets uh, um, mistakenly accused for, um, I can't remember if it's either just being a paedophile or if it's actually for um, molesting uh, a young girl at his school. And you get this really claustrophobic, uh, cringing, awful, uncomfortable witch hunt against this very good, very innocent man. 
and it all takes place at Christmas. And there's a scene where he like walks into the church and the community is, and you know he's innocent, but it's and 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 there's a reason why the child mistakenly attributed something bad happening to him. Something happens. Something else very different happens with the child mm. that you can understand in the child's mind has accidentally placed it with him because the child is like four, I want to say, uh, and it's 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 really well done. Very uncomfortable. Um, and I actually just hearing myself describe it, I think I need to go and watch another round now because that just was, the hunt was really something. You've um, just mentioning Lars von Trier. You've completely reminded me of like the two Lars von Trier films I've seen. Uh, I've seen a bit of Melancholia. I've seen Nymphomaniacs Volume One and Two. Wow, really? Which are an experience. Yeah. And then even more further is uh, is, is Antichrist, Antichrist. Yeah. With Willem Dafoe and also yeah. um, Charlotte Gainsbourg. Just on Antichrist, I think I was far too young, yeah. and I don't probably understand Lars von Trier films right, yeah, yeah, at the yeah, best yeah, of yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let alone this film. It's probably the most disturbing film I've ever seen. This might get cut, but there is a scene where Charlotte Gainsbourg opens her leg, gets a piece of a pair of scissors, and cuts off her clitoris live on camera. And like, I think sixteen-year-old James was not ready to be processing that because I thought horror, like horror, oh, like you know, whatever. Willem Dafoe just being Willem Dafoe and being weird and doing his yeah. thing. And then Nymphomaniac is a film that has specific mini parts of it, yeah. which are really well done. And I feel like those could be part of another really great film. Right. The problem is, is that you've done two two-hour films, which I feel like could have easily been condensed into one better film. You've got like Jamie Bell's in it, yeah. Stellan Skarsgård's in it. Random cast, like Christian Slater. Christian Slater. It's about this woman who is processing the grief of who she is as an outsider and her her father dying and she uses uh sex with strangers to kind of process that it's a lot of uh, whispery voiceovers i used to like to walk in the woods to uh, find right. the way the leaves and the trees would move i, I like to think of myself as a tree and then okay. in the end there's like a tree that she finds and her right. like i'm really not doing this justice and if someone was to tell me you really just didn't get it i'd be like probably and maybe i just didn't get it but there are specific uh, interactions where she describes types of men that she engages with and she compares it to this sounds really pretentious but i think this actually works she compares it to the works of like bach and mozart and beethoven okay. and the ways in which they move matches with the music and when certain things happen all of these things layer on top of each other and the visual matches the audio and it's quite cool and she describes one of the men that she's sleeping with as when you open the door he behaves like a cat where when a cat scratches on the door and you open it it doesn't just run in like a dog it will stand there like it's got all the time in the world mm. so there was this slightly okay. poetic element of it but in the same time i don't think the point of the film was accurately being captured no. in the time it takes to do it and yeah. i think i don't think he knew where he was going with this no. i could be completely wrong i've just thought about this for the first time in years but the other films you mentioned, I'd love to see. Yeah, <laughs> I can't I, recommend you go out and see what, volumes what, one and two of Nymphomaniac. Yeah, I know he also, uh, well, sorry, with Nymphomaniac one and two, Yeah, I remember that having a very, very iconic kind of poster campaign where it was all of the cast, shirtless and topless. Oh yes, there was. Uh, all reaching the point of climax in a, in, a, in a picture. In a bed. Do you remember? No, 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 not on a bed. It was like the top half of them and it was like them gurning in, in the, the moment. Yes, which doesn't make sense for the tone of the film. That is to sell seats. And there's another one which was just a very uh, uh, promiscuously looking orchid. Oh, yes. And then like brackets, like just all these things that we use to mean like mm. genitalia. 
Uh, God, what a tangent. <laughs> wow. But thank you, Oscar. Oh, from going to Copenhagen. Oh, from going to Copenhagen. Um, this next one is from Ella. Ella writes into the show and says, Hi, James and George. I'm absolutely loving your stuff. Keep up the great work. Oh, thanks, Ella. Especially your film reviews, which are fantastic. I really enjoy both of your insights. You both sound like you've been doing this for 20 years. Ella. Well, I mean, thank you so that's much. very kind. I mean... <laughs> I wanted to ask a slightly technical but hopefully relevant question because I have a feeling you guys will know the answer. In your Top Gun Maverick review, you mentioned that it was one of the better IMAX presentations you had seen. What makes a good IMAX experience and what does that mean? I'm also based in the UK and I'm having to wait another week before I can go and see Jordan Peele's new film, Nope. Mm. I've seen a bunch of BTS promotional videos on how the film was shot on IMAX. I get quite confused on what difference this actually makes for the viewer. I'm aware that IMAX is a large screen experience, but I understand that IMAX takes different forms, e.g. digital and film. Some experiences are amazing and feel like true IMAX, but I keep hearing about others that are not real IMAX and just a way to upsell you an expensive ticket. My question is, should I splash out on the big bucks to go see Nope, a film I'm really looking forward to, or should I just watch it on a normal screening? Also, what are the ways to know if an upcoming film is proper IMAX and therefore worth the extra money? I did try to Google this, but I found a bunch of fairly confusing different answers. Please help me so I can allocate my funds to the experiences that deserve it. That's from Ella. P.S. Absolutely smashing wardrobe choices. Oh, thank you. Oh, well, thank you very much. Black t-shirt today. <laughs> well, I hope you like my Paisley denim shirt. Yeah. Um, James, I'm going to hand this question entirely over to you because this is much more your domain than mine. Okay. So annoyingly, this there isn't a there isn't a clean answer for this. IMAX are one company, but they've not standardized their IMAX experiences across all of their cinemas. So the, the easiest way to explain this is IMAX is a company that I think started in the late 60s, but they make cameras, screen technology, and projectors, right? Um, and so for a long time, uh, IMAX was trying to get people to use large format cameras in their films. And for a long time, they could only get people to shoot IMAX for document nature documentaries, history films, and other projects, but never fiction films. And the, way, the best way to think about IMAX is the biggest misconception is it's not, uh, it's not just a bigger screen. It is, uh, it is the fact that you, in order to experience IMAX, you have to experience it on a larger screen. The effect of IMAX is experienced by going to a larger screen and you have more actual real estate of what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. So in uh, videography, filmmaking, and <laughs> photography, we have standards for the sizes of our camera sensors and our film reels. Mm -hmm. So you will have heard of 35 millimeter film and 65 millimeter film or Super 8 and Super 16. And the reason we have those standards is that when you attach a lens to that camera, Oh, my TV's just gone. That's right. Um, when you attach a lens to that camera, you know what effect that will have on your shot. So for many, many years, filmmakers shoot on standard size film reels. But one filmmaker would have gone, well, what if I decided to shoot my film on a larger piece of film? I think one of the earliest examples I can think of is Lawrence of Arabia, mm -hmm. which was shot on 65 millimeter film. Wow. And so you take this massive epic and you go, what if I shoot that on a larger piece of film? Yeah. And you can kind of imagine yourself walking to an, into a gallery, right? Yeah. And if you were to say, okay, there's a painting here of a small pot of flowers that's maybe the size of A4, but next to it is this painting of a ship that's this massive battle sweeping. Yeah. Both paintings equally valid, but one is depicting a battle that yeah. is maybe better served on a larger canvas. Yeah. So what that means is when you shoot on a larger piece of film, you're capturing more in the frame and you are getting more vertical resolution for the camera that you shoot it on when you watch that on a big screen you are getting a larger yeah. experience but you are seeing a large thing being shot and projected on a large surface yeah. that creates the IMAX experience there are two different types digital <laughs> and film digital IMAX I would say take it or leave it a lot of the Marvel stuff is digital if you're really interested in the film you got a bit of extra money by all means go and watch it di uh, digital IMAX 
always look out for shot on IMAX film. That is when you've got someone shooting on IMAX film, and if you're lucky, you will get it projected in IMAX film. That, to me, is the gold standard. If you're interested in a film and it's shot on IMAX film, I genuinely believe you are missing out on the full film experience. Digital IMAX, take it or leave it. So, fantastic. Thank you very much. <laughs> sorry, was, I did try to really blitz no, through that, the history that, that was, of IMAX. That was wonderful. So, like, obviously, Christopher Nolan films is, is, is yes, an example. Sorry. But, like, so, but going back to Nope, is that shot on IMAX film? Oh, nope, as far as I'm aware, has been shot on IMAX film. It is also, the DOP for that is Hoyt van Hoytmer, who's oh. done all of Nolan's films. So he is, like, the, the go-to IMAX cinematographer who's done Tenet, Interstellar, Dunkirk... Who, which have all been some of the most amazing IMAX presentations yeah, out there. Yeah, so sorry. Um, they were all documentaries and uh, nature historical films until, as we've mentioned on the show, Christopher Nolan in uh, 2008's The Dark Knight did his opening sequence and a bunch of exteriors in IMAX, which was rare because IMAX cameras are huge. They are so big and so unruly that you cannot shoot dialogue with them because they're so loud and the fans spin mm. so much that you actually can't hear what people are saying, so you have to redub your audio. And it's not practical if you were shooting a scene between me and you to have these two massive IMAX cameras here. That would actually affect your blocking and it's just not practical to do that, plus it's expensive. But The Dark Knight comes out, becomes the success that it is, and from that you get Star Trek being shot with sequences on IMAX, wow. Transformers, and from that, like a load of Marvel projects, and it just became this uh, proof of concept for what it meant to see something on a large screen experience. And that has kind of been, and Nolan's, every one of Nolan's films has kind of been a proof of concept for that. I mean, it is really confusing. I cannot there are, believe you've been able just to reel that off just like that. <laughs> just like off the top of your head. I know, I just, because this is what's really annoying, because people ask me about IMAX stuff. Uh, there's an IMAX cinema near me, which says IMAX on it, and it's a licensed IMAX cinema, but, um, they, it's not true IMAX. It's right. good for digital IMAX, but it doesn't have IMAX film. That is, okay. So it's not the real okay. experience. Okay. And I, I've been like at the pub being like, so this is what it really is. And, so to answer the email from... If you're really interested who, in, uh, uh, this is from Ella. So to answer, answer Ella's question, does she fork out and go to see it at the... At if you're the interested IMAX, in it, proper IMAX. yes, this should be IMAX film experience. I, I also saw that IMAX featurette, looks great. But digital IMAX, most of the Marvel stuff, unless you really are like thinking this would be better on the big screen experience, save your money. Just one thing to add, you know, when you talked about like them being massive and the fans are very noisy. Yes. So I remember watching a thing recently with Ewan McGregor where he said that um, the technology that George Lucas was dealing with in Attack of the Clones was so new mm. that, that the processors, whatever, was, were, were these machines that they had to deal with it to, to, for, the, for the green screens was so loud and so like big and industrious, like in this little tent, yeah. that they realized afterwards, no, the hum, sorry, the hum that came from them was the same uh, pitch or frequency as um, the human voice. So really? all the dialogue they had filmed, you could hear it. Wow. So, they, so I think they said that uh, Attack of the Clones was one of the first films to have it, all of its dialogue done entirely in post-production. All, been done all the dialogue is ADR. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Or maybe I the first first Star Wars or the first English language from I, I'm not sure, but like wow. that's all of the dialogue has been redone. So imagine that months and months of calling people back to the studio in little booths to be yeah. like, and now you set your line is you've got to sync it up with your thing on the screen. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um Dune, interestingly enough, was uh not shot on IMAX, but it was shot on 35mm, which they then re-exposed onto a large format film and then took it back into 35mm and represented it. Because Denis Villeneuve did a bunch of IMAX tests and decided that he thought it was uh, too crisp and too sharp, and he wanted something to look more retro and more grainy. And Denis, you've got too much time in your hands. So he basically, the, the story. he basically made his film, scanned it onto actual film, wow. and then re-scanned it back digitally. That's, that's money. 
But anyway, okay. um, yeah, I did I did read this email and go, hang on, what actually should I say? But it is, it's annoying. It is really confusing. The best thing I'd say is look for shot on IMAX film. If it is like that, you are going to miss out if you don't see it and you're interested in the film. Digital IMAX, take it or leave it. This next one is from Veronica. Hi, I found your podcast recently through TikTok and it's quickly become something I want to share with all my friends, but Yay. also keep it to myself like a little treasured secret. <laughs> Don't do that. Share it as Spread the word. Spread the word. Uh, I was wondering what your thoughts were on the separating the art from the artist debate and whether or not you ever feel cautious of praising or recommending films that were passed through the hands of problematic people such as Woody Allen, Roman Polanski, or Quentin Tarantino. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Best of wishes, Veronica. P.S. In regards to bringing back the food, we all miss it dearly. You could always just order Nan there's okay, KFC for that segment. Thanks. <laughs> I literally have a pizza sat in the other room. pizza in the other room. Um, that is an incredibly interesting, complex, topical question that I don't think anyone has really uh, culturally, uh, societally found the conclusion to. Um, and I feel like you can't batch, compare mm. different people for different you know, issues. You have three different people, three different contexts, three different reasons why... Um, I guess, yeah. been pulled up on things. Um, I think really, the, you know, there, there, on, on an ideological point of view, I want to say you should be able to separate art from artists. Mm. You know, there are loads of films out there. Um, if we're talking about like a director, let's say, and, and something bad happened that comes out about them, and we go, well, you know, uh, you know t- t- Woody Allen, for example, right? Yeah. The thing is, I know Woody Allen films are called Woody Allen films, and he's in a lot of his films, and he writes a lot of his films, and they are unfilmed Woody Allen, right? But, Films are still incredibly collaborative pieces of work that hundreds of people work on from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And it seems a shame to completely bin an entire text just because uh, uh, it's come from a certain artist, right? And it always gives the artist too much power, right? And the flip side, you should say, is that really, it's like the old idea is of the birth of the reader is the death of the author. Like, once it's been out there, the art is out there, it's almost irrelevant who made it. It's there to exist and be consumed by an audience and be, find a new meaning. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, it's a historical fact as well. Right? You can't just, like, hide the fact that this film exists, it was made. I think what happens is more that you, you maybe change your arguments around it. Um, it's, it's tricky, it's, it's tricky. Um, and also, like, there are currently different reactions to different people's work. Yes. For example... I don't think people are putting R. Kelly's music on anymore without a reaction. Right. But I'm pretty confident that Michael Jackson's music plays very loudly in clubs, right. radios, exactly. and there's not really the same reaction. Well, Both yeah. very different cases, mm. but there is definitely, I'm not saying one or it's right or no, wrong no, to no, not no. play, but there is definitely, this is why I think this question comes up, is some people have been very much erased from the current playback and some people have not. It's, yeah, I mean, I guess it depends, depends on what kind of thing about michael jackson is and you know I, it's a massive thing we, i know we're not gonna like we're not we're not here to, to do that into. we're not here yeah. to do that but i think actually the the, michael, the the thing surrounding michael jackson is almost like the the cultural test for our society about whether or not we accept it, it it's like it's been written it's, it's like it's like we're going to give you the one of the most famous people of all, all history time who has some of the most famous body of work that is incredibly popular, but beloved by millions of people around the world, right? Got and that. I'll confidently yeah. say that's right. not a grey area issue for me. Yeah, no, that, right. But then we're also going to bring up this other side, that, that this person might be X. Where do you stand on that? And it has been really interesting in the past, well, all of, I mean, it could be, it could be it depends where you draw the line, three years, 10 years, mm. 
about that conversation uh, around Michael Jackson, and uh, it just goes to yeah, art and artist. It's not clean cut. We don't have an answer. We don't have an answer, but as you can hear us sort of tiptoeing and trying to f thread our way through, what I would just say is maybe just, um, is that Veronica? You've got to just think about where, how, how do you feel, I think. How, just, just, there's a, there'll be a lot, whatever issue it is, there will be a lot of noise about it. And a lot of people telling you, and a lot of people saying about it, just, just, think, just take like five minutes and just think, what do you really feel about it? and then go from there. Do you remember, if, yeah, weeks ago, we did uh, best cameos in films. Right. And I told you about the now, which is the most distracting cameo ever, yeah. which is the Donald Trump uh, yeah. cameo in Home Alone 2, mm. which is not at the time yeah. a distracting cameo. But yeah. now, you cannot possibly watch that film mm. without being like, oh my God, that's Donald Trump. It almost is like these two different things yeah. that meant different things at the time, but now you cannot possibly yeah. ignore. Because these things exist in time, they then take on new meanings. It completely changed your opinion on, on just that scene. That's obviously not a whole film, mm. but I can't watch that scene the same way. No. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I don't have an answer. There, there, there you go. That's a sort of... This one is from Eden. Hello, James and George. Hey. I know it's becoming a common occurrence now, but I just have to say, I found you through TikTok and I've now gone back and watched all the podcasts <laughs> and now have your notifications on, ready to indulge nice. every Wednesday. Pop Eden, to you. I love Gold star. Gold star. Uh, I don't particularly have a set question, but more of just a thought and would like to get your opinion. Okay. I love a really good horror movie. I know they aren't the greatest cinematic masterpieces, but the Insidious and Conjuring films are great easy watches when you need a good scary horror with a well-told story. Sure. Thinking back on them, I don't think we have had many good horror films in recent times. We obviously have films like Hereditary and Get Out, but that's as far as it goes, really. Just wanted to get your thoughts on present-day horror movies as a whole, and whether or not you think it's a dying genre in terms of movie quality as a whole. Keep well, up the great work, look, guys, Eden. Ella, we can keep this answer quite short, which is that go and watch Men. Oh, Just yes. Go men and watch out Men. A few okay. weeks ago, that is brilliant. Um, we've got a spo spoiler discussion between James and I coming out at some point. James yeah. reviewed it, which is on the channel. Just go and watch that. That's a horror film for you. No, I don't think the, I don't think the genre is dying out. Um, I, I think that's where I can say that's a horror film that came out this year that really I found quite unsettling. Goes a bit bonkers, but very, very interesting. I would say if you have a, a horror hunger, please um, do not be uh, uh, sort of, th do not think that the short little YouTube horrors that you see on mm. YouTube aren't good because they're on YouTube. Some of them are fantastic. There was that film that actually got a full release called Lights Out. Did you see that? It came from a short where you turn the light on and there's a and, and there's nothing, but you turn the light off and there's a silhouette of a woman standing in the hot, in the corridor. Go, uh, God, there's, yeah. it eventually got made into a feature film, but so many of these horror concepts start from a five minute short. Um, there are, I just saw a great horror short that which was about the guy in the box and it only moves if you're looking at it. It was like the Weeping Angels from Doctor Who, but they made that into more of a concept and right. it was fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, Look, there, there are some great ones. Uh, it Follows is one of my recent favorites. Yeah. Men, which I've just seen. Um, uh, on Insidious and Conjuring, it's like they just, they've just done too many. I think Insidious 1, at the time, I think was, was, was a really good scare, but it is, a bit, uh, it is a bit of a quiet, quiet bang film. And I think once you know that that's what's going to happen, you can anticipate when the scares are coming. But if, if, you're, if you're struggling, go on YouTube amazing and they'll do yeah. like uh, 20 on a list for you and you can just absolutely get terrified and then just need to run away and cry but yeah that's let us know you get on go and do that and let us know how scared you get and can someone watch men and just talk about the ending with us jesus christ yeah, the ending of men nuts absolutely nuts but regardless of what do you think about the ending you're guaranteed for a very unsettling hour and a half thank you very much for 
writing into the show. Don't forget, if yeah. you want to have your email uh, read on the show, you can do so by writing hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. Writing to hello at yes. popkitchenpodcast.com. Okay, as always with Pop Kitchen, we end with a game. George, we are back by popular demand for our game, which was film antonyms. Yes. Okay, and I've got some s- people think we were stretching the term antonym. I think it's I think it's, it's a maybe, game. It's an opposite. We, like, yeah, it's a game. It's a game. Get with it, guys. Everyone got what we were trying to do. Yeah. Uh, okay. If you didn't know, a synonym is another word for something that means the same thing. An antonym is the opposite. So for yes. example, cold is hot. Yes. Um, okay, so I'm gonna read out the antonyms of films and it's sort of a quick fire and you have to read tell me what film or TV show I'm talking about. Okay, George. Tell me what these films are based on their antonyms. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one, go. The South Woman. The North Man. Northman. Yeah. Okay, Nothing, nowhere, not at all. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> Lose you if me can't. Win me uh, if you catch me if you can. <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> lose you if me can't. Whatever. Catch, me catch, catch La- isn't the antonym of lose. Whatever, whatever. Lose cat. Large men. Um, Large men, little women. God. Antidote, virus, parasite. No, uh, antidote. Sickness, ver. V- virus, ver, 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 venom. Yes, ah, venom. Them, us. Down out to the ground. Up in the air. Monday the first. Friday the thirteenth. Pepper. Pig. No. Um, <laughs> uh, um, uh, salt. Autumn workers. Uh, summer. No. Autumn. Uh, autumn. Winter. Winter. No, or was it autumn? Spring. Awakening. Spring breakers. Autumn workers. Spring breakers. <laughs> death of cake. A, 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 de- a life of pie. <laughs> the baritones. Uh, the sopranos. White duck. Black bird. Black box. Black bird. Black beauty. Black bo- white duck. What's the, that was it a duck? An ugly duckling. Uh, an ugly... Uh, What's the opposite of a duck? Swan? Yes. Black swan. Saving us hardly. Uh, losing you easily. What is that? <laughs> Saving us hardly. Killing them softly. Uh, human. Inhuman. Animal. Animals. Nocturnal animals. Uh, beasts. Beasts. Human. Ape. Planet of the ape. What? I don't know. They I don't come know. from outer space. Aliens. Uh, Bus passenger. Bus passenger. Car driver. Uh, uh, car drive. What's the opposite? I know the opposite. What's of a bus. what driver? Passenger. The passenger. Yeah. What? Yeah. Pass. No. no it's bus passenger. Car. If you're not a passenger, you are driving. Driving. Driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the face? Just tell me. Taxi driver. Oh. Sword walker. Taxi is not the opposite of bus. Why yeah. does Sword walker. Knife. Eater. Walker. Walker. If you're not walking, you're running. Yeah. Knife Blade Runner. Fixing Good. Breaking Bad. Women in White. Men in Black. Kind Roads. Bad. Uh, evil. Road. Evil what? Evil. <laughs> mean Streets. Last one. Day of the Dying Alive. Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> 
Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Pulp Kitchen. Don't forget that we post new episodes of the show every single Wednesday. Uh, we have plenty of stuff coming out on the channel, so I'm still trying to recover from James's it's an annoying game. Oh my god! I can tell you wrote those. Um, <laughs> uh, we have loads of stuff coming out on the channel throughout the week. Like it's not just the episodes. TikTok, Instagram, extra stuff coming out as well. Just stay tuned and keep your emails coming and give us a like, give us a subscribe, give Go us subscribe. the star rating, give us all that. Go to the YouTube, give us a subscribe, drop us a like, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you so much. <laughs>